0: In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everyone. I'm very glad to be with you all in this Advent season. I don't get to preach down here often, and so I'm pleased that I am able to share this season with you all. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We have been traveling along this month, and although there are tons of ways in which we can be distracted, it's nice to have a little bit of time where we are encouraged, whether we pick it up or not, we're encouraged to actually pause and reflect and meditate on what God is doing through us and in our world, and then how we can best respond. And so I hope that you have been taking advantage of some of the ways that we have tried to surround you with some good ideas, whether that's the daily meditations that we've done in writing or on the podcast, or if you've come to some of our special services, including tonight at four o'clock, where we're going to be doing lessons and carols up in the church. These are all ways to really mark the season as something special and something unique. And even though Christmas is coming, it's really soon, sooner than maybe we want. And it's going to be so cold that I hope you will still come because (laughs) it's so tempting to stay home when it's cold, but it's going to be so great here. And so I hope that you have enjoyed this Advent season and are looking forward to the actual celebration of Christmas. Today we get our final gospel lesson of this Advent season and it's one of those interesting and somewhat unique stories. Joseph, Jesus' father, is one of those characters that kind of appears like a flash in the pan and then goes away and he's gone. We hear a lot more about Mary. Mary engages with Jesus and the disciples all the way to the cross and to the grave and then the resurrection. But Joseph is right here and that's about it. Joseph, is really the anchor of Matthew's gospel. Joseph is the way in which Matthew tells the nativity story, and Matthew doesn't really tell the nativity story in the sort of poetic pastoral beauty that we see in Luke. For Matthew, it's a lot more kind of legal and logistical. It's really kind of the way that many of us operate. So here we are, Joseph, who has been a pretty upstanding guy. He is betrothed to Mary, and that kind of betrothal in the ancient world means something serious. That is a legally binding act. And then Mary, who is so very young, is found to be pregnant. And so Joseph is faced with a really difficult choice. Joseph could accuse mary of adultery joseph could point out that mary has done something wrong but being that he is even above average a genuinely kind person we're told that he was just going to let mary go just kind of break it off it's okay and then let mary kind of whatever happens to mary is on mary it's not on him and so he goes to bed that night planning to just do something relatively dignified and then he gets this vision from the angel and he's open to what the angel has to say. He is open to what God is doing in his life. He is open to doing something that is totally unpredictable and likely unlike anything that he has ever done. And he hears what God says, and he says, yes. This is an amazing moment because Joseph could have been a really good guy and let Mary go, but Joseph was there ready to hear God's word, ready to do the thing that was so unconventional and arguably dangerous because God spoke. Joseph was able to allow the spirit to push him and to change him and to guide his path. This, this is perhaps one of the hardest things that we can ever do. Because you see, you and I, we are here. We, we like to be in charge. We like to plan ahead. We like to know how things will go. And then we work really hard to work the plan. And then when things don't happen the way that we want things to happen, we often get angry or worse. Angry is our child friendly way of saying that. We don't like it when life does not work out the way we wish, because we want life to be the way we want it to be. And so the idea that we would be open to the spirit is something that is seriously challenging for us. We hear stories like this one with Joseph, and we might even think, well, you know, I've got my life, I've got my plan, I'm working the plan, and I'm either succeeding or failing, it just depends. But if an angel appeared to me, well, then I would say yes to God. And so when we hear a story like Joseph, we think, well, uh, you know, if someone literally stood in front of us, and by the way, do you all know what angels look like? Because oftentimes we say angels, we think of like fat babies with wings. Angels were not fat babies. Angels were warriors. If we go all the way back to the Old Testament and definitely to here, what's the first thing an angel always says to someone when they appear to them? Do not be afraid. Well, why do they say that? Because they look scary. (laughs) I mean, they're covered in armor with big swords and wings. They are scary. And so angels appearing to you and saying, God wants you to do a thing, I bet even the most stubborn of us in this room would say, okay, you're good, we'll do it. It doesn't take so much. Maybe it shouldn't take so much. Maybe if we are willing and open, we would need less of a scary moment to actually listen to what God is trying to say to us. For us today, opening ourselves up actually being mindful of God working in the world is a tough pill to swallow because it takes patience. It takes calm, it takes time, it takes all the things our world says we do not have. And so for many of us, we're challenged to figure out what then are we supposed to do? Now, I work with a lot of people here at the church and I tell my staff all the time to be strategic. And I tell them that strategy is actually what you say no to. To be strategic means we have to say no to good things. We have to actually be thoughtful and careful and wise to say no to good things in order to say a big yes to the most important things. For us, our lives are very similar. It is a challenge to say no. We might hear all the time in popular culture, learning to say no. I just heard the other day that someone said no is a complete sentence. And yet, in popular culture, in what the world would have us think, no, can often be a lazy no. The world challenges us to say no in lazy, thoughtless ways. Like to say no to do things that really aren't that good for you, or to say no because it helps to build up the idea that you are so very busy. I know a lot of people who say no so they can have a second glass of wine at lunch. That's not the no I'm talking about. This, this kind of no is thoughtful. It is anchored in wisdom and discernment. The really faithful no that I'm talking about is powerful in our lives because it helps develop our own spiritual identity. What we see in today's gospel is Joseph first says no so that he can say yes. The world is telling Joseph exactly what to do, Joseph knows the legal responsibility he has to Mary and how he can break that tie in a way that helps Mary as much as he can. He has to say no to what the world expects of him in order to say yes to what God has called him to do. Just like that, we are called to also say no to the things in the world that pull us away from being the people we were created to be, the things in the world that help to push us away from the person God created us to be. A thoughtful, wise, faithful no is actually what we need to say so that we can say yes to God. Advent is an opportunity for us to take stock of our lives, to take stock of who we are and who we wish to be. And when I say to reflect and meditate and become mindful, take stock, that's a challenging thing to do. Most of us, if I were to say, okay, you've got a few weeks to take stock of your life before we reach a new year and gives us opportunities to live in a new way are going to, if you do it at all, are going to begin thinking about ways in which we take stock of ourselves that ultimately land in something quantitative. Most of us think in a quantitative way. We like to be objective. Yes, our bank account says this number, not that number. Yes, our car is this old, not that old. Yes, our children are getting these grades or those grades. We like the quantitative because that objectivity gives us a bit of comfort. But what I really want to invite you into is a reflection, taking stock of your life and who you are that is almost wholly qualitative that subjectivity is messy and we don't really like it. We like the certainty of something that you can compare black and white, but really what God's calling us into in the season of Advent is that qualitative, subjective messy way of thinking about who we are and who we were created to be, who we are and who we actually deep down want to be. So many of us are caught up in habits, and in rituals of our lives, behaviors and relationships that are nothing more than just knee-jerk reactions. And instead, we could have something so much richer, so much better, something so much meaningful. The way that we live our lives could be, in truth, the path God hopes for us. If we are all honest, vulnerable, and just took a moment right now, we would know. <laughs> I'm going to take that as God likes where I'm going. (laughs) Who knows? Am I still even on? No. I wonder, I'm still with you. Thank you. The best part of that whole thing was watching everyone jump out of their seats. So, so yes, God, thank you. So we're going to keep going in that thread. I'm going to take that as encouragement. It would be for us an opportunity To actually examine ourselves with vulnerability, with honesty, with a rawness that we don't like. We get uncomfortable when we really hold a mirror up to ourselves. We get uncomfortable when we really think about the way that we treat other people, about the way people treat us because of the way we treat them. But we've got this moment to not feel guilty, to not feel shame. To feel the total invitation of God to actually make a change, a real, genuine, positive change to become more the people God hopes that we will be. That's the gift of Advent and seasons like it. That's the gift of Christmas. God comes to be with us, not in some technical, objective way, but in the messiest possible way. As a baby, God comes to us in pure, Vulnerability, to show us love, to show us just how much we are loved, you are loved, and all God wants back is that kind of passionate, committed love in return. This Advent, we've got just a little bit more time before we actually get to Christmas, where we can take stock, where we can meditate and reflect and be mindful of who we are and mindful of who we want to be. God is still calling us every day. God is calling us and it's never going to be a big, scary angel right in front of you. It's going to be subtle and small in moments that will not necessarily shake you to attention. But if we can get into a groove where we are looking for what God is doing, we will see God's footprints everywhere. This gift is for you over these next few days, invite God to speak to you in real ways. And when you do be willing, be mature, be committed enough to say no to the ways in which the world pulls at you. So you can say yes, genuine yes to God. Amen.